Your soul came here to expand, to thrive, and to manifest the most incredible experiences. If you're struggling with personal power, wondering where you have to go to get some, if you desire deeper connection to the divine, I am here to show you how. I'm Jacqueline Hopper. I'm a soul expansion coach, energy healer, and best-selling author. I help people from all walks of life connect to their spiritual selves and support them with expanding the relationship they have with the universe. I support spiritual entrepreneurs who desire thriving businesses that make the money and impact they wish to make. This podcast combines everything I've learned during my own spiritual journey and my time working with hundreds of clients. It is my love letter to anyone who is yearning to harness the power that they possess inside. Welcome to The Sovereign Soul with Jacqueline Hopper. Amazing. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another incredible episode of The Sovereign Soul. You know who I am, but you have yet to meet my incredible guest. I am going to let Miss Michelle introduce herself to you all so that you can gain a little bit of knowledge around who this wonderful woman is and a little bit of her background. Before we begin, Miss Michelle, share some stuff with us. Tell us who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for finding me and for wanting to have this conversation. Wow. Okay. So I'll give you the really short version. (laughs) I'm uh, a resilience coach, a workplace mental health strategist. Uh, That's what I do every day. I get to work with people and uh, teach them strategies for building their resilience and then helping people understand, um, what it's like to have compassionate work environments and things that people can do in the workplace, leaders, employees, um, you know, organizational, you know, leaders themselves. And I love this work and it's not work I've done all my life, but yet it is. So I spent Mm -hmm. about 19 years in uh, the corporate space and I had this like I had this like call that I needed to be doing more to help people. I always just thrived on helping people. So um, I left the industry altogether that I was in and decided to start my own practice because I just believed that there was work to be done and that my story and my experience could make a difference. So, yes. So here you are. And man, oh man, oh man, oh man, do you have... I'm going to say with lots of compassion and understanding about your story, but I'm still going to say you have an incredible story. You have a story that is of like, it's like of the making, if this makes sense. Like, you know, I know who you are today is so very much because of the things in the past that you really had to dig into to do work around and healing around um, just to get to acceptance to let alone move beyond it. Right. And so I'd love for you to give us a little bit of, um, background with regards to your story. Yeah, for sure. So, um, my childhood was a little bit different than most, but yet similar because we all have stuff in our childhood Mm -hmm. that shapes us, but my mother was bipolar. So I played the role of a child caregiver for much of my childhood, young adult life, and even my adult life. Uh, caring for her, looking after her, worrying about her. Uh, bipolar disorders, for people that don't know, is like uh, someone who has rapid cycling from mania to depression. And um, and so I took I, I took you know a responsibility on that wasn't really I didn't really ask for, but I, I cared for her and it taught me a lot. Um, so that experience shaped me, and then. Um, I went on to, you know, I felt very proud. I was able to get a good job and and work a good job. And then 
I never really ever spoke about my mother's depression. There's, there was so much shame around acknowledging a family member with a mental illness. So it wasn't anything that I really like told people about, but I had, Mm. um, an opportunity. I was talking to a colleague of mine at my former company and they said, you know, you really should tell your story because it could make a big difference for people. And before I knew it, I was nominated to give a Ted talk and tell the story of my mom. And so that changed, that was literally the point that changed everything for me because I realized how powerful storytelling is. And like people were coming out of the, the darkness and wanting to talk to me. It was so powerful to be able to create that access to you know, uh, helping people be okay with whatever they navigated. So that experience led me to write my memoir. And then my memoir in hand gave me a voice to be able to further talk about this and make a difference. And I became an advocate and I became, you know, someone who was speaking in, in, in groups and explaining to people like, you know, my journey and that just lit me up. And then I was diagnosed with depression and had to navigate that. And, um, yeah. And then I just got really connected to, you know, if I could do this on a 10 minute Ted stage and I could make a difference with my memoir, then I think that maybe I could do more with this. So. Yes, absolutely. And one of the areas that you've kind of, there's many areas that you've gone into because of all of this, because the universe also thrusted you into these different areas as well. Like, you know, I think it's amazing side note, how wonderful you just have to have the story. And then the universe is going to show up and go tell it here, bing, 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 bing. And you're like, Holy cow, this is great. You know? Um, but one of the areas that you ventured into that you've got a lot of expertise around is resilience. Um, not just through your memoir, your TED Talk, your story, but also with what you've kind of grown to see, I feel, in the corporate world as a woman. And one of the things we wanted to really talk to you about was how you share with people, teach people, coach people, support people around the empowered resilience and the disempowered resilience and and how somebody can really recognize the difference between the two. Yeah, it's a great question. And I have always been like the person that wanted to get ahead of it instead of like reacting. And when I thought about mental illness and I thought about mental health, I, and wanted to make a difference in the workplace, I, um, and then we had this pandemic that showed up. It was truly needed to have people be, be more empowered around their emotional well-being and preserve their mental health. So how do you preserve emotional well-being and how do you preserve how you feel? It's through resilience. So I was sort of pushed in that direction, as you said, like um, companies I had been working with to create cultures of compassion were saying, help us empower our people and build resilience while they're isolated in quarantine at home. Um, We Mm want to make sure they're okay. So I always looked at what is it that I wish I knew when I was dealing with depression? Well, I wish I knew some of the the strategies to prevent me from finding myself in a dark place, Um, not stepping over how I was feeling, not ignoring the fact that I didn't like to engage in things I loved. So that's when my resilience um, program was born. Basically it it was, okay, well, why don't I share what I've learned? Why don't I share with people 
how they can, through daily practices and strategies, can bolster their resilience so that they don't find themselves at a state of crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, So I built the resilience program, started to deliver it in the workplace. And then um, a resounding request was one-on-one resilience coaching. So I found myself becoming a resilience coach because that's what was needed. Mm -hmm. And I I truly loved it because it was very, very customized and personal. And I could get into their world and understand what they were struggling with. And most of the time when I'm talking to people, it's around disempowered resilience, like okay, um, I have all of these things happening to me in the outside world and I'm a victim of that. And so mm-hmm. it starts It starts with everything is happening to me and we get to the point where they can see that life is really perfect and life is really happening for you. And what is it that you can learn from the experience and um, you know, stop resisting your reality and creating your own, you know, frustration and and upset. So a lot of the conversations that I'm having with people are, they're feeling like they're at the effects of life. They're just at the effects Mm -hmm. of life and they have no Mm -hmm. option. And I just remind them through, you know, small, subtle things they can be doing and, and the biggest thing, which is the mindset shift, they can start Mm -hmm. to feel better. I love this so freaking much because I, like I said, from the moment I said hello to you and read your energy, I was like, I love this woman. Um, and I said to the team, I'm like, kudos team. You guys really know how to find like the best freaking guests. It's so good, you know, because our parallels are so freaking brilliant. I mean, I, as a soul expansion coach, want to show people that what you just explained is exactly how you expand your soul. It's how you expand the self version of you by becoming more, not responsible in ways that you are irresponsible, but responsible in ways of like ownership, that this life is one I'm freaking creating. And I can do it from an empowered space or I can do it from a disempowered space and really recognizing things. Nobody taught that to to us in high school. No one, there aren't, there are generations of trauma that did not bring forth this awareness that you are a very powerful being and that you have massive say on how things go. You are so not a victim. And then it's so freaking brilliant. And, and, you know, you're so right. You touched on it briefly, or I knew you were going to, so we'll bring it back up, but COVID and how COVID, you know, um, you've got your empowered resilience, disempowered resilience, misplaced resilience. And then you've got COVID, which is a goddamn depletion of resilience. We are energetically exhausted because we as humans weren't meant to be so resilient for so long. We're talking years of resiliency, of trying to bounce back and dust our shoulders off. I'm fine. I'll be good. You know what I mean? That's hard. Right. And especially when many people feel like they did get dished out a poor serving. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. And one of the things, I mean, I want to hear what you speak to your audience and your clients on, but one of the things that I have noticed is really helping people recognize during that time of how little they actually needed. Like, didn't it show you, oh my gosh, I actually don't need to go out to dinner every single night. Or, oh my gosh, I don't have to have Starbucks six times a day. That was me. I'm raising my hand. (laughs) You don't have to go to Starbucks 17 times each day. You'll be okay. But there was a lot of things that, you know, I would speak to people on with regards to like 
it wasn't that we were trying to diminish how they were living, but it was meant to show them that they could live amazing lives. Priorities shifted, right? And awareness is intact that this is okay. You know, how can this be turned into like you do with your practice? How can this get turned into a blessing, a miracle moment, a way of really looking at this from a space of how can I make this work for me versus how do I make this you know, where I'm giving my power away. Talk to me about what your, um, what your audience is kind of uh, feeling from you with regards to that. It's like, I have, I have like this gymnastics going on in my mind because there's so much I have to say. I would yeah. say like the first thing, um, you know, like the first thing I, I realize is that peop- we are trained as a society to look externally for the answers right? We're, we're trained as a society to look externally to be satiated Starbucks. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we were all really confronted with the reality of, I have to figure out how to be with myself and figure out how to take care of myself without leaning so heavily on the outside world. And, you know, a lot of people, for the, for a lot of people, it was brand new for them. It was foreign. They didn't know how to do that. And then for other people who, you know, struggled with, you know, being alone for the first time and isolated in quarantine, a lot of people were dealing with loneliness. So including myself. So I'll just totally tell one on myself. I live alone. I have, I have puppies, but like during quarantine, I was even experiencing loneliness. And so I had a client who said, we need to address loneliness in our company because our employees have expressed to us that they're feeling lonely at home quarantine. I'm like, well, isn't this poetic? So there, there I was (laughs) building my loneliness project, my loneliness workshop for them. And in the process, unpacking my own stuff because Mm. I was feeling incredibly lonely. So it was, it was a blend of things. It was learning how to become, to tap into yourself because the first thing I learned about loneliness is yes, you're disconnected, but fundamentally you're disconnected from yourself. Yes. Right. So what does that look like? Well, have you ever meditated? Have you ever connected, really connected to yourself? Well, I didn't ask for this. I just want to know how to deal with loneliness. Isn't there something I, Uh, isn't there something I can go get? Can I just get on another zoom call? Like, yeah. Yeah. Isn't there a pink pill or something like that? that Yes. So it's turning it around and looking at, looking at yourself. So Yeah. But that was also incredibly valuable for me because I was struggling with that. So, you know, that was, was showing up, um, the, the common things too, where people were getting on each other's nerves in their household. Um, they were, they were dealing with massive amounts of loss. So you talk about loss of routine, loss of financial stability, some loss of jobs, some loss of life, they're losing their loved ones. Right. Mm -hmm. So then we had to deal with like the mourning process of, of the loss. Um, Mm -hmm. so there, there, there were so many complexities and the thing, the other thing that I'm, I'm seeing more and more now, as we're sort of out of COVID for the most part is the diminishing of how people are doing because they don't feel like they should be complaining or saying anything about how they're doing because they're alive, they have their job, their partner's good. So what business do I have when I know all these other people suffered far more? And then in the process, they're robbing themselves of the joy they know that they can have by settling and diminishing how they're really feeling. So, you know, a lot of times I'm talking to them and I'm saying, do, do you recognize the level of joy that you have now? Is that 
the level that you, you know, you can have. And then they're like, well, not really. Okay. Well, let's look at that because that's my goal. Let's bolster some of your resilience back so that you start to feel like the way, you know, you can feel and Mm -hmm. not step over it. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think, you know, COVID was one of these, if I say so again, very aware of what COVID was, but, but, but also intrigued. I was so intrigued by all of what I saw with regards to COVID as an energy reader and what it, what it, what it attacked was our heart spaces. You know, I was very respiratory um, and really watching the energies that came from this particular um, time, this illness with regards to heart related, chest related things like grief, um, loneliness, worthiness, self-identification. It was all very energetically spot on. <laughs> and so having this be, uh, you know, one of these, you know, I, and there, anyone in our time is, is never going to forget that space. You know, um, kids were like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. No school or very limited. I get my mom and dad nonstop. I mean, they were feeling very, you know, nurtured and, and protected and safe, which I thought was amazing on one hand, but then you're so right. You've got couples, you know, my husband and I were divorced and during COVID came back together because of, you know, we were forced to really figure this stuff out together and how we were feeling about each other and ourselves. And then a family, the dynamic there. And, you know, so it was definitely a blessing for me, but for a lot of people, you're right. It was a lot of loneliness. It was a lot of grief and grief came in Like you said, with everything you labeled, it doesn't just represent the loss of some physical being or animal. It is very much the grief of losing the routine, the grief of losing structure. And for many, the grief that came along and the insecurity that came along with not knowing if they were safe or not. Big foundational, you know, wrecker, if you will, you know. And so I I just love, you know, again, you know, like I said, our conversation was going to be a very powerful one for people that are still feeling this way. Know that that is normal. You aren't, you know, regressing. You are not stuck in the sense that you're not progressing moving forward. You know, you are in a space right now that requires you to really look deep into, you know, your life. You can only you only have charge over your space. And while there are people that might have different levels of loss, that's still not where your zone is. You can't focus on that. You have to focus on you. You know, if you were blessed to not really have had many things shift or change for you, then you can very easily go inward and go, okay, then where, where am I with this? How am I feeling? And how can I bring myself back to the centered aspect of joy or, you know, bliss or happiness, right? It's so true. I, I, you know, everyone was saying, you know, we're all in the same COVID boat. And I was, I was quickly trying to remind them we, we might've been in the same body of water, but based on our experiences growing up our trap past traumas, like this unfolded in a very unique way for all of us. So the last thing you should be doing is comparison and diminishing your Mm -hmm. experience, you know, because you're looking around and, and seeing how everyone else was appearing to be like, yeah. Like, no, very unique scenarios for everybody showed up at those two years that we went through it. Yeah, 100%. Definitely not the same damn boat. For sure, the same water. And with grief, many people will make this correlation, you know, with grief when, when someone passes, 
society allows us that time, not much though, but they give us this time of mourning, if you will. This is very much still linked to grief. And so we have to recognize grief takes on many different faces and it is going to take as long as it takes for people. It is not something we rush. It's not something we force. It's not something we judge and or can compare. So if you're someone that's still feeling like, man, I feel that heaviness in my chest still, know that it's safe to get help. Know that it's safe to reach out to someone you trust. You are going to absolutely have every piece of um, Michelle's information. So you can reach out to her and say, hey, you know, can we can we carry on our own private conversation with regards to this? Because I know what you are bringing forth right now in this time space is absolutely relevant. And people are going to be like, yes, this is me, or I can identify with this being some, some, in some ways me, and you're going to be able to support them, you know? Yeah. Magnificently. Thank you. And absolutely. And I, I live yeah. to do this work. It's like the most fulfilling, gratifying work that I have ever done. And I love it. But at the same rate, like, I think that the first step for people to do is to recognize that they, don't have the level of joy that they know they can and mm. talk to someone they trust. Like you said, yes. talk, just talk to someone. It doesn't have, you don't have to go and talk to a professional right away. You could just talk to someone that you truly trust to start expressing how you're feeling because in that could be a realization that maybe, maybe I can deal with it or maybe I just want a little support. And at the end of the day, you know, it's all about you showing up the best version of you in your life, for your family, for your, for your job, for, you know, your experience of what life can be. So, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, it is, it is not disempowering to ask for support it is probably one of the most empowering things you can do for yourself because you recognize that in this, in this need, uh, you know, you're lacking maybe some wisdom, lacking maybe a perspective, lacking a bit of understanding. And so as you start to put yourself out there, it's how we prove that source works through others. Right. Source, source works best through other people. Let those other people be who you might need, what you might need to get you back into alignment with that joy, that happiness, that bliss that has always rightfully been yours. But I can guarantee many people are going to feel it at a, such a different, deeper level, having gone through this COVID experience. I know for me, my gratitude practice took on a whole new meaning. You know what I mean? Because Whoever would have thought, <laughs> not even in a sci-fi movie would we have ever seen something like that. And here it was playing out right in front of us. So definitely reach out to those places and those faces that you trust to get yourself some support. Reach out to either one of these amazing souls that you're hearing, seeing right now and know that there is space for you. There's definitely, again, like you said, there's no comparison. It does not matter the length of what you judge to be your depth of COVID. You've experienced it like with the rest of us and you have a right to be supported. Bravo. Well said. Awesome. Okay. So before we go, I always ask this amazing, brilliant question. I love it. Some people are like, oh, I don't know. Let me think about it. Long pause. That's okay. Talk to me about what your, what do you, how, all right. So we're on the Sovereign Soul podcast. Yes. So we talk to Sovereign Souls. Talk to me about how you resonate with being a Sovereign Soul. I am really lately extremely present to the answers I hold within me. That's why it resonates for me because 
like most of society, like I mentioned, we're always looking externally for the answers, the solutions, the data. And I have been through some very interesting experiences in my life. And I'm currently going through another interesting experience. And while I want it fixed and resolved, I know that it's in this journey that I get to discover myself and the answers on how to navigate this experience only by going within and getting quiet. So that's, and, and if I can learn to do that more for me, I get to remind people of their own power, of their own ability to find their own answers within themselves and stop looking around and expecting someone to come and fix it or finding, you know, you know, things that they think are going to make, make it better. So it's through me doing the work that I get to show up and help people do their own work because therein lies all of our, all of our answers. Yes. Brilliant. I love, 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 love that answer. So good. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited. I know this is not the last time I'll see your face, nor will it be the last time people hear your voice. This is only a goodbye for now, but there will be a return of Miss Michelle. That's for sure. So thank you for being on with me today. I appreciate you so very much. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. You're welcome. All right, friends. Well, that concludes another incredible episode of The Sovereign Soul. I am so freaking pumped. Um, This new season, I'm telling you, it's jam-packed with things that you are going to want to totally make sure you're subscribing to listen to when you uh, listen also leave some feedback let us know how we're doing let us know how you're loving these guests because they are powerful powerful individuals and i will get to see you next time bye for now that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, share, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It makes it so much easier for others to find the show. Until next week, all my love.